Three, two, one, roll the footage! Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, and my guest today is a web design coach, podcast host, and agency founder. He sold his web design agency in 2020 to go full-time with teaching other web designers how to scale and bring their businesses to six figures and beyond. Welcome, everybody, Josh Hall. Simon, thanks for having me on. Great to be here. So cool. And... You have brought some very cool CEO tips on how to stay sane in this busy journey of scaling a business. But first, Josh, what are you what are you currently creating? I am currently all about online community. Uh, as a course creator, I've I've got hundreds of students all over the world, and it's been awesome. But I had a big struggle and a challenge, and that was after they got through the courses, they just kind of disappeared. So I realized I needed to bring them together. So community is is one of the biggest things I'm currently working on, and I have a, a couple different communities: one for my students in a premium community, which is more of a mastermind style group. Who is your ideal client? I have two. People who are just learning web design, who want to break into the industry and learn how to learn web, you know, website building itself. And then people who are actually running their web design businesses and turning it into either a solopreneur, six-figure business going from side hustle to full-time, or even people who are building full agencies around web design. So those are kind of my two main demographics, learning web design and building a web design business. And what is the pain that you help solve? Oh my gosh. Well, a lot, a lot of different challenges and pains and struggles. I think with web design in particular, there's just a lot. It, it's an industry that moves really fast. It's, it can be so overwhelming to dive into it. And there's also really no right or wrong way to go about it, much like a lot of different industries and in entrepreneurship. There's typically no right or wrong way or exact path to follow. But the trick is when you get started, it can be so overwhelming. You really have to find somebody who you identify with and who has a, a proven path that you could follow or at least has a lot of connections to people who can help you in your journey. And that's what I'm so privileged and excited about doing now is I was a web designer and a solopreneur for almost 10 years. And then I sold my business, like you said, last year. So now I'm excited to help and give people the guidance and direction so they can do the same and create a lifestyle that they love. You have a very serious mic in front of you. Are you also a podcaster? Yep, I'm a podcaster. I actually started that at the end of 2019. Uh, that's been an absolute game changer for me for my course creation business. It's where, like, no joke, Simone, I think probably a good 75% of the students who come through my courses now all mention the podcast. So that's been one of the biggest recommendations I could give is if you're interested in podcasting, even though it's getting more and more popular, it's never too late and you can really make a big impact because people just listen to you over and over. It builds trust, it builds authority, and, and it's awesome to be able to dive into topics without being rushed on a quick 10-minute YouTube video. What's the name of your podcast? My podcast is my personal brand. It's the Josh Hall Web Design Show. And I interview web designers and entrepreneurs alike. I just had Pat Flynn was on my show recently. I've got some other awesome entrepreneurs who have been on. Uh, I talked to an NHL broadcaster just a few weeks ago about the art of communication and getting better on camera. So it really encompasses web design, but also just entrepreneurship in general, which 
web designers who are building their, their own businesses are entrepreneurs at heart. So it's kind of cool to get a mix of the, the two in there. Pat Flynn has been such an inspiration for me and for this channel. He is such a cool guy. I, I would love to, to meet him one day. He's, he's doing a great work for his community. Yeah, that's actually how I got into podcasting. Um, somebody who I was going to mention here in a little bit, my business coach, James Shramko, who is the author of the book, Work Less, Make More. I've been with him for a few years now as my coach, and he introduced me to Pat through one of his podcasts. And I went through Pat's podcasting course, which helped me launch my podcast. And long story short, that's how I got connected with Pat is uh, I sent a video testimonial. I got to know his team, interviewed one of his team members, and then I got featured on the SPI blog. And then uh, Pat had me on the SPI podcast back on episode uh, 456, his podcast, The Smart Passive Income Show. And then I was fortunate to have him on recently for, for my 100th podcast episode. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool how it all kind of works out. Yeah, it went full circle. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm curious who you pick for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. When everybody's zigging, this person is zigging. But from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who do you pick? This is a tough one because it comes down to the two folks I just mentioned, which was either Pat Flynn, who we just talked about, or my personal business coach, James Shramko. I'm going to nominate James, who is, again, the author of the book, Work Less, Make More. I pick him because he's notorious for zigging when everyone is zagging. He has a very counterintuitive approach. His brand is called Superfast Business, where he has a membership and, and a great podcast, the Superfast Business Podcast. And I just love his approach to business because it's lifestyle driven. It's all about working less and making more, focusing on the work that you, you want to do. And I think more important, which kind of leads into this topic, is being present, doing work that allows you to, to be with your family. Because I'm a family man. I'm not sure if you know this, Simone, but I have uh, two little girls. I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. I work from home. I have a stay-at-home wife. So family is very much integrated. You'll likely hear one of my girls outside my door at some point because they know where daddy works now and try to bust in. But uh, it's very integrated and it's really important to, to have a different approach to business if you're going to be a, a parentpreneur and work from home. So James, James will be who I recommend for this. That was a great question. Beautiful. And three books, you mentioned one already, three books that shaped you most. Yep. St sticking on this topic, I wanted to pick books that were related to this idea of being present and just, and it all goes back to this quote that I heard years ago, which was wherever you are, be there. Uh, and I think there's a few books that have really helped me with this idea. One was since I just nominated James, his book, Work Less, Make More. It's a, it's a super short, easy read. I'd highly recommend it. Was a big game changer for me with getting comfortable with scaling and, and delegating and focusing on what matters most to be able to, to get a higher return and actually work less. Uh, another book that was really instrumental in this idea of, of doing a lot in, in these work segments that I have while working from home is the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, that really inspired me and made me feel good about turning all my notifications off, turning my phone off, turning my email off, and just dedicating a couple hours or a few hours to one task. And it's amazing how much you can get done if you shut off distractions and notifications and just do the work. Uh, so that book really helped empower me to do that. 
The other book I, I love on this topic is Rework, which is by the guys from Basecamp. And a quote from, from that book that I think relates to this topic pretty well is that you don't need more hours, you need better hours. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they need to have 36 hours in the day to get everything done. But the reality is it's all about priorities and what you need to focus on and, and being present in those tasks. So those are my top three for this subject. Super cool. And how can we be more present in this crazy journey? I think it comes down to probably a lot of the lessons in the, the book Deep Work, which is you really have to just, you have to be there. And it kind of goes back to this quote as well. If you are working on a project, or in my case, if I'm creating a course, just like I did before this call, I, I had an hour and a half segment where I was just working on the course. Facebook wasn't open, notifications weren't on, I wasn't doing anything else, I was just working on the course. And again, it's amazing how much you can do if you're not trying to multitask and do several things at once, which uh, maybe this will come into play later, but I think multitasking is very overrated. I think it's in, in, it, it's a shocker how much less you can get done when you're doing 10 things at once. Whereas if you just focus on one thing, it, it really is incredible. And it kind of goes back to my web design days. I'll never forget when this idea came true to me with being there and getting more done in that present work block. I worked on a Saturday one day and I, it was just a couple hours. I think it was two and a half hours or so where I was behind on a project. I just, you know, went into my office on a Saturday afternoon or late morning maybe. And I just worked on this project and I got so much done more than I had like the previous two days in the work week. And I was like, why did I get so much done today and not the other days? Well, it's because my phone wasn't ringing from clients. It's because I wasn't getting emails at that time. And I wasn't distracted with anything else. I just dedicated that time block to that. So that really solidified the idea for me. And then reading Deep Work and the books that I mentioned and the idea of not having more hours to do more stuff, but do less stuff better. I think that idea is really, has really stuck with me and it's made a big impact with how I built my course business in just a couple of years to where it is, those deep work segments. Um, and it really, I, I think that quote, wherever you are, be there, that applies to business and in life. I mean, I remember a few years ago, maybe just a couple of years ago, we had my first daughter. I'm a hockey fan. So we had a hockey game on. Uh, we were watching the game. I was playing with my daughter on the floor. My wife was talking to me. And I had my laptop and I was answering a couple emails. And then I realized after about a half an hour, I didn't see what was going on with the game. I did not hear anything my wife was telling me. I felt like I wasn't present with my little girl. And I, it took me forever to get a couple emails out that would have taken me five minutes in a, in a different situation. So that was another like real life experience that showed me I wasn't present in either one of those situations. Now I make sure I never multitask like that. If, if, if it's that situation now, I don't have my laptop. I save that for the next day, unless there's some sort of you know god awful emergency. But if my wife's telling me something, I'll listen and then I'll focus on the game a little bit and then I'll play with my daughter or whatever it is in that case. But w wherever you are, be there. It's huge in business and in personal life, of course. In our programs, we ask people to make a list of everything that they do and then cut it in half and then cut it in half again. And most people are very overwhelmed with this. Only, only one category of people gets it immediately. Mompreneurs and deadpreneurs, because they have a very limited amount. So you are a deadpreneur. You are one of these people. They get the value of time so directly. 
what is what one day one one day in the life of Josh Hall? Great question, and I do echo that. Once you become a parent, I would look, and I will say for anyone who maybe is about to have kids or thinking about starting a family, it's probably likely that you're terrified of owning your own business and doing that. Just like I was, I was like, how am I going to make the same amount of money with kids and and not as much time? The reality is, is I made over double the first year when I had a kid than I did previously. And that was because I valued my time, just like you said. Um, so the, the, the day in the life question though is great because it, it did change dramatically. When I was, when my wife and I were just living at home, um, I had her work for my web design business. So we were essentially, we're both working on the business. Now she's just a full-time mom with two little ones. It was a lot easier to work an eight, nine hour day because we didn't have any, you know, anything going on in the house. But it's very different now, especially with two kids, two and one. It's a very active house. So I never work nine to five or eight to four or whatever it is. Um, I'm generally putting in 30 to 35 hours a week on average. And, and I love that. It allows me to spend so much time with my family. But that time is like precious to me, the work time. So I just appreciate that much more. And I tend to work in segments. So I will do generally like a two to three hour segment in the morning. I don't start super early with kids. I like to wake up and not have an alarm clock and spend some time with my girls. And then I'll usually start between nine and 10 on, on most days right now. Uh, they're not in school yet, so it's a little bit different. So we're kind of enjoying these years. Uh, so I'll have a nice work segment and then have some free time around lunch. And then I'll typically do an afternoon segment um, occasionally I will pop on in the evenings once the girls go down. Cause sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of quiet time and I'll do a little bit of like half an hour of work if I'm checking in with my community or something like that. Um, but it's very work segment driven. And the beautiful thing about that for anyone who, el who else is uh, dadpreneurs or mompreneurs is I'm sure everyone has realized this. You can't really stick to a typical schedule with kids when you work from home because there's appointments and there's accidents and people need to go to the pediatrician or whatever it is. So um, if I, you know, if I'm helping the family out in the morning and I get back at say noon, well, I can just reallocate my afternoon with what I want to get done and, and work a longer segment in the afternoon. So uh, I typically stu still keep to a Monday through Friday as much as possible, but it's all about those work segments, which is where the book deep work really comes into play because it's amazing how much you can get done in two to three hours. And I will say as a last thought on what my day looks like, I'm notorious for going to coffee shops when I do writing and any high level deep thinking. Uh, I record here in my home office, but I love going to a coffee shop to, to get out of the house. And it's a lot easier for me to get a lot done in a couple hours if I can just put some headphones in and, and enjoy coffee and crank it out there. So that's it, it definitely fluctuates. I don't think I've ever had a week that it's looked exactly the same. Um, so I, I feel like as a as a work from home person, you have to have really good work segments. Yeah. And it, it looks like you have very clear in front of you what are your high leverage tasks and you do that in, in chunks and you have either delegated or eliminated or outsourced a lot of low leverage admin tasks. Exactly. And you talked a little bit ago, Simone, about the taking what you do and taking kind of like a task inventory chopping that in half or maybe delegating what you don't need to do. That is crucial because there's no way I could do everything I do right now just by myself. So I have two folks that help me out with the podcast, for example. I have an editor now 
And uh, I have a VA who does the outline and then transcription. So in the beginning, I did everything and it, it became very time consuming. I was doing one to two episodes per week. As you know, it can be very time consuming doing a podcast that's video and audio and redistributed in a bunch of different channels. So when I hired my VA, that freed me up a lot. And then once I hired my editor, that freed me up even more because even though I enjoyed editing, and this is something I talked with Pat Flynn about on episode 100 of my podcast, he even said this. He said he enjoyed his, editing his podcast a lot and it was difficult for him to get rid of that because he enjoyed that. But he realized, just like I realized, that was not the most leveraged task I should be focusing on the business. If I'm spending an hour editing a podcast, that's an hour that I'm not able to connect with my students or do something that can help a lot of people in my industry. So yeah, that's been huge. Those are the two folks I have helping me with my podcast. And then I also have a couple of designers who are helping me out with my website. And it's funny, I'm a web designer. So I, this was the biggest struggle for me. I, I had a hard time letting control go because I'm a web designer. I can do it. But the reality is I needed to focus on what only I can do in my business, which is content creation, course creation, talking with students and doing live Q and A's and doing only the stuff that I could do. I, I can fix a widget on my site or make some updates, but I've learned I'm going to hire that out to people who are actually even better than I am. And it, and it frees me up. So yeah, the task inventory and, and delegating has been a, a crucial part to being able to live this life that I'm fortunate to live right now. So cool. What are you excited about looking forward with your business? I'm very excited about the community aspect. Uh, that's been really cool and, it, and it's fairly fresh for me. I just, just a few months ago launched my, what, what I dubbed my web design club, which is kind of my mastermind group. That's been amazing. It's brought like the you know top tier grade A type students in. Uh, and then my, my student center, which is my other uh, support form for all my, all my courses. That's been really cool too. I think just bringing my students together has, has been really cool. I, I'm excited to see where all that goes because I'm connecting with my students on a deeper level through calls and, uh, and I'm all over the world now. It's really cool. I, I never looked at a world clock. I never cared about different time zones or hour changes. Now I'm constantly uh, looking at when time zones are shifting hours because I'm doing calls with people all over the world. So um, I think that's what I'm most excited about, just a deeper sense of connection with this. Uh, I love doing stuff at scale and leveraging calls and courses. But at the end of the day, I, I love seeing a real impact with my students. And that's what's, that's what's the driving factor with all this, which is really cool. Beautiful. Um, what is one thing you recently changed your mind about? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a great question. There's so many. I, I think sticking on topic, I'd have to say multitasking because I used to pride myself in doing a lot in the, in the same time, uh, especially as a web designer. When I was a solopreneur, just building websites, I would build a website and listen to something and uh, you know have multiple projects going on at the exact same time. And then it just dawned on me how multitasking is incredibly overrated for all the reasons we just talked about. You're essentially, if you've got 100%, in a, in a two hour chunk, if you're working on, you know, five different projects, you can only give each one of those projects 20%. So it's so much better to give something your full dedication and attention. And again, going back to the quote, wherever you are, be there, do that thing and then shift focus. And I know there's so many studies about how detrimental task switching can be, uh, particularly when you're in a creative field like I am. Sometimes 
if I'm looking at a blank website and I've got to, you know, put my creation hat on, I can't be answering emails and doing invoices and proposals while also staying creative. So uh, for anyone who does any sort of creative tasks, you have to be very, very careful about that. And you have to really block out the outside noise because at the end of the day, I, I was actually talking to one of my students about this recently. She, she had this problem. She was doing so much and she was working crazy hours. And I told her, I was like, listen, to be honest, you're in this situation because of yourself. No one is making you work all these crazy hours. Your clients are not telling you you need to work Saturday mornings. This is completely in your control. The, the problem and the challenges you have, I told her, are your fault. And I, I told her, I was like, I'm glad, aren't you glad you talked with me to get inspiration? Uh, no, we were joking about that. But it is a, it's, a, it's an important thought. It's an important idea. Sometimes we make our own Frankenstein businesses where they just run us. We need to run our business. We can't have our business run us. So with her case, which is applicable to pretty much anybody, I think, you've got to control that stuff. You've got to set constraints. You've got to set boundaries. You've got to quiet the outside noise and focus on what you need to focus on. And in some cases, if you find yourself taking too many calls, you need to say no more or take less calls or have call days. For me, I only take calls on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. I don't do calls on Mondays or Fridays or, or weekends. Those days are reserved for whatever I want to do. If I'm working on a course or high-level stuff or writing. Uh, and even on my call days, sometimes I don't have a call. So it's an open day. So even that idea has really helped me because I, I will take an occasional call on a Monday or a Friday if it's you know special. Like Pat Flynn, for example, asked if we could do a call on Monday or a Friday. I was like, sure, I'll do it on Friday for Pat Flynn. Sure. But you know, on, on average, like I don't have my scheduler open on those days. And, and that's made a big life-changing impact. And again, I could be taking calls on Mondays and Fridays, but I don't. And that was because I decided I'm going to make that, that that's going to be something I create. I'm going to create those boundaries myself. What are you cooking? What are you cooking with Pat Flynn? Uh, that's it so far. Uh, it, it was kind of, uh, it was funny. We, we chatted a lot there for a couple of weeks because I was featured on his blog. Uh, long story short, he found out or he, he read that blog post that his team put together on me really liked it. So they invited me on the podcast. And I will say a lot of people ask me, how did you get Pat Flynn on your podcast? What I did not do was hound him. And I did not hound his team. I, I know somebody like Pat Flynn, and hopefully this is good advice for anyone who has a podcast or, or a YouTube show or something. In order to get to a top tier person, you're never going to talk to them directly. There's multiple levels and channels to get there. So I did it very organically. I just, I sent a video testimonial in they liked that. I got to know a couple of the team members and I became an affiliate for, for them. Um, and then they featured me on the blog. And then that's how I got uh, featured on the podcast. And then when I finished up my interview on his show, I just asked them, I said, hey, Pat, let me know if you're um, you know, crossing any boundaries here. But coming up on episode 100, would you be interested in being my special guest? And he said, yes. So um, that's pretty much the extent of that. Nothing, nothing too special apart from that. But it was a good uh, case study on 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 how to work way up to, to a kind of a high level guest. So um, that's a biggie, but honestly, even I, I kind of was joking about not hounding people, but there is, there's a lot of power in just asking and just being prepared for a lot of no's. Like I could have asked Pat and if he would have said, I just can't commit to that right now, I would have totally understood. I would not have been hurt or offended by that. So uh, there's also a lot of power in just asking as well. Where can people reach you best? My website is joshhall.co. 
Um, that has pretty much all the information about me. If you want to hear my story on where I've come from and, um, I actually came from, I was a drummer in a rock band, which is kind of funny how that segued into me becoming a designer and now an entrepreneur. So that's all there. My podcast is there if you want to check that out. And even if you just, if there's anyone here listening who are course creators or aspiring uh, community builders, hopefully my site will give you some inspiration and some encouragement. Uh, and of course, if there's any web designers in the audience, feel free to hit me up. I'd be happy to give you any, uh, any resources to help you out with your journey. Who should be my next guest? I am going to nominate one of my close colleagues. His name is Amr Salim, and he is, he's Egyptian, but he's actually, he lives in Vancouver, um, British Columbia. He's great. He is, we call him the website plumber. He's a tech guy, but he has such a cool journey. Uh, he was an IT professional and he lost 90% of his business in, when COVID hit and he pivoted. And he was doing this website plumber stuff, quote unquote, that we he does like email, uh, DNS and domain stuff, all the scary stuff that I personally hate doing. And in the web design world, he takes care of. Um, he, he had that as a side hustle and he took that full time when he lost 90% of his corporate income. And he's done an incredible job with making a name for himself in Facebook groups and forums. And he's become kind of a, a prime partner for me. And he's just a great guy. I would nominate him and uh, I'll, I'll be happy to give you his info. Um, he's just, I, he's someone who I really respect because even when he went through that period where he lost all his income, he didn't panic. He was very proactive. He didn't get down on himself. He took a little side hustle and, and blew it up. And now he's actually venturing into course creation and stuff too. So really, really cool. Yeah, Amar, you can find him at humantalents.ca is his website. Super cool. Thank you so much, Josh, for being here, sharing your journey, your wisdom with our community. And please come back soon. Thanks for having me, Simone. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.